quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and this is The Daily DC. Thanks so much for listening. Today on the podcast, The Black Vote. Yes, nothing's monolithic, but the importance of deep support from the African-American community in a race for the Democratic nomination for president cannot be overstated. It's really important. A huge, substantial chunk of the Democratic nominating electorate is African-American. In some states, like in the state of South Carolina, the in the early four states and throughout a swath of the South and then throughout the country more broadly, the African-American vote plays an even greater role than it does uh, nationally if you look at the contest. But it is critical if you look at the delegate allocations and the state by state where Getting to the nomination, getting to that 50 percent plus one of those pledged delegates, you just can't do it without a substantial portion of the African-American community and electorate supporting you, which is why you have seen candidates in this Democratic field making very deliberate pitches to African-American voters from the moment they got in. It's not a one and done kind of oh, we're going to do this on MLK Day or, oh, we're going to go talk to Al Sharpton's group. You see a pretty consistent and sustained effort in wooing African-American voters. We saw it this weekend with Joe Biden making his debut trip to South Carolina for this presidential campaign. And what did you see? You saw a candidate, a front-running candidate, who has deep ties to black voters, deep ties to South Carolina, where black voters make up a clear majority of the voters in the Democratic primary. Notice how he refers to President Obama as his buddy Barack. No mistake there in how he's trying to attach himself to his former boss. And um, you see it in his amped up rhetoric also against President Trump. We don't normally hear Joe Biden call him a clown but he was ratcheting up that that anti-Trump rhetoric. All of this was of a piece, as was, you know, going to church on Sunday morning. So Biden clearly trying to cement the advantage he has. We talked about this last week in the CNN poll that SSRS conducted that was out last week. Biden's frontrunner status in a big part is being driven by the non-white vote. Now, As I mentioned last week, in our poll, he's winning across every category demographic group you could imagine. He's a, you know, he got a real bounce out of that announcement. He's a real formidable frontrunner. But it is that non-white vote that is one of his best performing groups and delivers him such a margin of advantage over 
Bernie Sanders and others, that it fuels his overall advantage that we see in the race in a very significant fashion. So Biden was down in South Carolina trying to cement that, lock that in, make sure he's not taking that for granted. And obviously, there are two African-American candidates in the race, Kamala Harris of California, Cory Booker of New Jersey. Clearly, part of their strategies to win the nomination is to get a big piece of the African-American vote. I don't think maybe since Jesse Jackson ran for president that we've seen a candidate day in and day out more in a more concerted fashion really commit themselves to appealing to African-American voters in addition to the broader appeal they're making to a broader electorate. I don't think we've seen anybody do that more assiduously than we've seen Kamala Harris do. Just look at her campaign schedule over the last few months. This is a critical, critical component for her. And there's one way that you could tell in presidential campaigns what is really important to a campaign and what isn't. And one way you can really tell that is where the candidate spends their time. So just look at how much candidate time the Harris campaign has had Senator Harris in environments like HBCUs or, you know, going to events with her sorority sisters. This has been a clear strategy. And the big question that I think is going to hover over this race from now through next February is if anybody, specifically Harris or Booker, is able to chip away at Biden's strong support from African-American voters in this Democratic nomination race. It is going to be such a significant question. It's going to be one of the most sort of definitive pieces of this when we look back at whoever the Democratic nominee is. Believe me, we will be looking back to see if Joe Biden maintained and expanded a level of support from African-American voters or if over the course of the campaign, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, or others, Elizabeth Warren has been out there working very hard to woo African-American voters, are able to peel away from Biden's support. Now, there is one candidate in the leading group of six, Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, who is clearly having a problem in expanding his coalition of support significantly into the African-American community. Today, Pete Buttigieg was down in Orangeburg, South Carolina. And he, that's a, uh, Orangeburg is a city that's like 75% African-American. So I'm not, it's got to be up from there about the Democrats in Orangeburg, though it is overwhelmingly a Democratic place. And if you look at the photo that Buttigieg's own campaign put out on Twitter, the crowd at his event in Orangeburg, South Carolina was overwhelmingly white. And this is not something that Pete Buttigieg shies away from. He is he has flat out said this is a problem. I believe today he said it is his campaign's biggest homework assignment that they have to get better and he has to get better at drawing more support from African-Americans. And he says he's going to do so by never giving up on it and and keep returning and, and keep talking. But he's also calling on the help of, you know, the few African-Americans who have shown up 
to really help him, their friends and family and support networks to, to get the word out. What I think you'll find interesting is so our, our reporter, Vanessa Yurkevich, she's on the ground there in South Carolina uh, with Buttigieg today. She asked him flat out what his campaign is doing to try to get African-American voters into his events, get African-American voters to hear his specific pitch as to why he should be president and the parts of his agenda that may resonate most with African-American voters. Here's a little bit about that exchange uh, I want you to hear between Vanessa Yurkevich of CNN and Mayor Pete Buttigieg. So obviously we're looking out into the crowd today. It's a mostly white crowd. Um, the population here is 75 percent African-American. What did your campaign do to try to get those voters in the door? Uh, well, what we're doing, you know, we're about to uh, announce our on-the-ground staff. It'll be a diverse staff that reflects the campaign we're trying to build. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's one thing to kind of put out word and see who finds their way to us. It's another to really be building the relationships in neighborhoods and uh, organizations and churches uh, that will help invite people into this process who uh, maybe wouldn't find their way to me otherwise. We know we got our work cut out for us. That's exactly why we're here now and why we won't stop returning uh, until we've built the kind of coalition that we want. So you didn't really do that outreach that you're talking about, that you're trying to do. You well, we did that outreach for this trip. Well, we did not have a professional staff on the ground in South Carolina for this trip like we're about to, but the outreach, uh, obviously, this is the pattern and the philosophy of outreach that's going to drive everything that we do. Uh, it becomes easier as you build those relationships that take time, but that we don't have a moment to spare in order to try to develop. The other thing that Buttigieg said was that this is really about trust. And Buttigieg said that trust is a function of time. He said that A black voter may automatically trust a candidate who is a candidate of color and may automatically trust candidates that they feel they've known or observed for 10, 20 or 30 years. So being the new guy on the block and the new white guy on the block, he's saying he still has work to do uh, to build that trust. But this is going to be critical mission number one for Pete Buttigieg if he wants to advance from nowhere into the front running pack into an actual contender uh, for the Democratic nomination. So it will be critical to watch. I was mentioning that few people have pursued uh, wooing the African-American vote as consistently and in as dedicated a fashion as Kamala Harris has this cycle. Last night, addressing the NAACP in Michigan, Harris also made the point that she's not having this conversation about who is most electable in terms of who can win that white guy in the Rust Belt that drifted to Donald Trump. She was making the point to a room full of African-Americans in Michigan that they, too, are the voters that need to be wooed to flip Michigan back from red to blue. It was a really interesting uh, different slice on this notion of electability. What she has said before previously is that when she hears people talk about, about who's most electable and immediately goes in their ability to win over white working class people, white working class men specifically in the Midwest, that, that that is not the only definition of electable and that it's one she's rejecting and doesn't believe is the way forward for the Democratic Party. It's a real interesting difference from what a lot of the analysis points to about a Joe Biden or potentially a Bernie Sanders and their appeal, certainly why their campaigns believe they match up best against Trump. 
And Kamala Harris, obviously, just does not buy into that at all. So that was part of her effort again as recently as last night. So you will see a ton of candidates in this Democratic race out there trying to woo over this critical constituency inside the Democratic Party. But keep your eye on this because it is going to be determinative. That does it for this edition of The Daily DC. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you'll tune in again right here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.